0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. And now, from the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Mind Your Business with the Wharton Small Business Development Center. Knowledge, advice, and insight into starting, building, and managing a small business. Here is your host, Lauren Feldman.
1: Welcome to Mind Your Business on Sirius XM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Lauren Feldman. I'm the Senior Editor of Entrepreneurship at Forbes. As usual today, we're not going to tell you how to run your business. The show is about ideas and strategies and conversations, and we want to have those conversations with you. If there's something you've been struggling with running your business, anything at all, call us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. And remember... This is a safe space for business owners. If you're struggling with something, someone else listening to the show is probably struggling with it, too. In other words, there are no stupid questions. Back with us today to answer those questions, or try anyway, is Lou Mosca, Chief Operating Officer of American Management Services. Lou's a regular contributor at Forbes.com and a regular guest on this show. American Management Services is based in Orlando. It's a consulting firm that helps business owners. Lou talks to owners all the time. He knows what they're thinking. He knows what they're struggling with. Sometimes he struggles with the same things himself. Welcome back to the show, Lou.
2: Hey, good morning. Good afternoon, Lauren. Mm -hmm. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
2: Perfect. Absolutely perfect.
1: Glad to hear it. Mm -hmm. We're, um, as I think you saw, we have a, a new home at Sirius XM. We're now Sirius XM 132. I will probably say Sirius XM what it used to be uh, when I About a do. A thousand times, right? Please remind me if I, uh, <laughs> if I get it wrong. Um, anybody listening in, if you have a if you're the station preset, which I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, you don't have to do anything. You will still come right here. But otherwise, it's Sirius XM 132. So, what's going on with you, Lou? How's business?
2: Business pretty good. I, I was thinking of you this morning. Uh oh. I read this article on uh, BusinessInsider.com.
1: Uh huh. And
2: it talked about America's 25 richest families. And I just scoured that <laughs> And that made you think I of me? <laughs> I didn't see any Feldmans in there.
1: Nah.
2: I also didn't see any Forbeses in there, but I didn't see any Feldmans.
1: Uh, I see. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what, that, dude. that's what we're doing the show for. You know, that's one, one of these days, right? hmm. You and me both. Um,. Tell me, have you had any, uh, you know, I, I read your, uh, your posts, of course. You've had some interesting exchanges of late. Um, I, I want to ask you about the, uh, the contractor you wrote about who um, was upset because an employee of 10 years left the business. Do you want to tell us about that situation?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it's someone I've known for a while, and um, he had a, a key employee that he invested a fair amount of time and energy into, and he just uh, got absolutely indignant that this uh, gentleman decided to leave him and a gentleman was, who'd
1: been with him for 10 years
2: 10 years right and there was no prior notice no prior conversation and uh, he had, he made a point that his reason for leaving was the level of stress and the demands that ownership put on everybody not just him but where where my friend my client got upset was that you know he felt like he had invested thousands of dollars in him seminars webinars just a whole cadre of things, and he felt like he wanted the money back. And in fact, his employment agreement with the with the employee uh, said that he had the right to re- claw back part of the money, or at least the last twelve months worth of uh, expenditures on his behalf. And when I tried to talk to my friend Lauren about doing this, and I told him, "Let it go."
1: Your friend Lauren?
2: <laughs> no, I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend Lauren about this, and I just said to him, "You're better off letting it go." Of the lousy. Three, four, five thousand five thousand dollars you invested in him you know if it starts a campaign online about you know what a what a type of boss you are type of employer you are um, and then your the your current employees will see it and he just didn't he, he didn't want to listen to me word I've known this man for years and years and years did not listen want to listen to a word I was telling him
1: also, just the message it sends to other employees, especially other employees who might be signed up for uh, other training programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so so where his did you leave it?
2: Was, his feeling was he wanted to make a point with the other employees. I'm willing to invest the money. I'm willing to put my money up. I'm willing to invest in you. I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to help further your career. But we have an agreement. It's a two-way agreement. It's not a one-way agreement, Which, which philosophically... Makes sense to me, but then reality has to kick in. You know, you're doing eight or nine million dollars a year. You're going to make a point over three or four thousand dollars with someone that's leaving you and put at risk the other thirty people that are still working for you. I think it's lunacy. And um, he didn't want to hear it, and he went ahead and did what he wanted. And I haven't spoken to him since.
1: Do you think he will? Of course.
2: All <laughs> Lawrence come home sooner or later. <laughs>
1: Where are you going with this, Lou?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I'm
1: having a strange day today. (laughs) I'm Lauren Feldman. My guest is Lou Mosca. If you have a question about your business, if you're struggling with a particular issue, including retaining employees, call us. We're at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. We also happen to have a special guest right here in the studio today, Dana White, who is the founder of Paralee Boyd a chain of hair salons based in Detroit that is using the principles of lean manufacturing to run her hair salons. Dana, welcome to Mind Your Business. Hi, Lauren. Great to have you here. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Great to be
0: here.
1: Uh, it's such a surprising, unusual concept um, while, while Lou takes this in, because, you know, as I, as I warned you, mm-hmm. Lou used to own a chain of hair salons. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yes. guessing he didn't use lean manufacturing principles in, in his, but we'll find out in a moment. Okay. T- tell us, give us the background on this. How did this come to be?
3: So I moved to New York back in 2003, 2004, and navigating the landscape of where to get my hair done is almost as as arduous as the move itself, right? And so. When I moved to New York, women were very different about it. They said, you know, well, just go over there and get your hair done. And then they just would point to these places. So, you know, I was like, well, who does your hair? Oh, they just do a good job. So that was new for me. I went in. I called. I made an appointment. And, they're you know, everybody's looking at me like, why are you making an appointment? It's no big deal. But I did it anyway because that's what I would grown up, you know, doing. Sure. So I went in. Um, I even canceled brunch because, you know, it's Saturday. You're getting your hair done. You're going to be there all day. So I said, nope, can't go to brunch on Saturday at 1 because I have to get my hair done. So what I did was I went in, and within an hour and a half, I was done. And I looked, and I thought it was a fluke. After a couple weeks, they said, you know, you don't have to keep calling and making an appointment. You can just start coming in. So I thought it was just that one salon. I traveled out to Long Island. I lived in Brooklyn at the time. I traveled out to Long Island. I traveled up to Harlem. I even went to New Jersey. And I found that all of these salons, Dominican salons, had the same business model by accident. So I started paying attention. They weren't being deliberate about customer service. They weren't collecting data or any information. You literally just walked in and you were next. Um, But the other thing I noticed is that if their volume exceeded the number of people they had on staff, there became a weight. So in 2006, I decided that, I'm going to eventually leave my career. Which was? International labor relations. I'm going to leave my career and I'm going to open one. And so I did so uh, in December. No, I'm sorry, November of 2012. I opened my first. You gave up court. international yeah. <laughs>
1: labor relations mm. to open a hair salon. Yes. There were some people in your life, I'm guessing. Who asked you what you were doing, what you were thinking?
3: You know, they may have asked the people around me, but nobody (laughs) Nobody asked me (laughs) to me, to my face. Um, My mom was a huge supporter, you know, but that's my life. You know, I used to box. I used to play rugby. She's used to me, you know, throwing things out to her that go, what are you doing? But she's like, okay, you know, this is what we're doing, so let's go with it. And I did, and that was five and a half years ago
1: where the lean manufacturing principles come from?
3: Right. So when I finally had the space in our first location in Southfield, I had a couple friends. Southfield Michigan. Is yep, it's a suburb. Yep, a suburb. A suburb of, of Detroit. Detroit. And so I had the location there and I said, okay, I don't want anything in this business to not be deliberate. I want to make sure that if people are coming in, I don't want that weight I saw when we received too much volume. And I also noticed that weight occurred because somebody has to walk and go get a conditioner, or if somebody has to walk and go get a towel, um, and then if you know the distance between the styling chair and the shampoo bowl is too far, you know, so that all of these things take up time. So I had two friends; one worked at Ford, one worked at Chrysler, and I said, "What is the best way to squeeze out as much time?" As possible, and they leaned out. They said, "Oh, that's lean manufacturing." I said, "What it is?" And they said, "Yeah, it's kaizen here." But you're not going to label the floor shampoo area, right? So they went ahead and initially gave me the lean manufacturing notes, which are nothing without years of experience knowing that either this works or it doesn't. There's lean in design, which is great, but we also needed lean in uh, productivity. So the, over the time that I've had and owned Pearly Boy, the lean and productivity is what we've, it's constantly ongoing and updating.
1: Lean and design is the way the shop looks, <laughs> where, where everything is placed yes. from the conditioner to the shampoo, yes. the bowl, everything. Mm-hmm. Lean and productivity is the guidebook you give your employees for how they do everything they do?
3: It's the training. It's how we shampoo. It's how we blow dry. It's how we trim. It's how we style. That's it. It's how we answer the phone. Everything.
1: So, if you've got that all predetermined, do your employees feel like they're losing the opportunity to be creative and do what they're what they do?
3: No, and we we have that open dialogue with them, Um, and so for the most part, our staff. We don't want to, you know, inhibit their creativity, but we do want to make them mindful that you can't spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes shampooing somebody. Right. So we teach them methods. There's room in that method for them to be creative, just as long as you're not being creative at 45 minutes in the chair. Right. We, we share the baseline with them. And again, we're improving our, our, our standard operating procedures um, so we're not saying either this way or go. It's this is the guideline by which – because if you do it this way, you'll get them in and out in a certain amount of time. So that's it.
1: I'm Lauren Feldman. We're speaking with Dana White of Paraly Boyd about her hair salons in uh, Detroit, in suburban Detroit. Um, if you have a question about your business or about how she's running her business and what you might take from it, please give us a call. We're at one eight four four wharton one 942 7866 Lou, what do you think? Uh, were you as uh, deliberate about your choices when you were running hair salons? First
2: of all, first of all, Dana, when did you box last?
3: <laughs> oh, gosh, I haven't boxed. I boxed in Brooklyn, uh, la, 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 2014? No, I'm sorry, 2010.
2: So whatever you say is right. How's that? <laughs>
3: You're hilarious. Whatever you say is right. I get it. I have a mean right hand, Lou. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do.
2: So, you know, my philosophy when I owned the salons that I did was um, uh, necessity was the mother of invention. I had no intention or no desire at the time to go into the hairdressing business. Circumstances dictated. So I built, uh, <laughs> I built two or three of them, and I bought two or three of them. Mm-hmm. I think I had either five or six. Actually, I was thinking about it. A couple of days ago when Lauren reminded me about today, and I think it was five. <clears throat> and, you know, to me, um, since I did not, I had come from being a hair distributor, hair care distributor of products like Redken and Wella and Sebastian and stuff like that, um, I, I had not been on that side of the of the wall. But to me, it was always about uh, accountability and throughput of people and and clients. But I wanted my clients to linger and stay as long as they wanted to. So I didn't try to rush the shampoo, and I never tried to rush the perm, and and uh, we did track if they needed their next haircut or their next trim. We did keep track of that, and every product that they purchased, every visit that they made, every family member that they had, um, and you know, and you fast forward to today, and it's 20 years, 25 years since I was involved in any of these salons, Dana, and, you know, now I look at some of these salons that are in Orlando, where I live, and you have the gamut, you know, you have the super cuts that sort of have this program of, you know, 15 minutes from hello to get out the door, and then you have the the higher-end shops that charge you more money for that more personalized service. I guess my, my thought was always, you know, folks go to doctors and they let a doctor touch you and put their hands on you and do anything that they think they need to do within reason well the only other profession i think about that allows that is is hair care so we're being trusted with people that they we they can we can touch them we can make them feel better i want i always wanted Mm -hmm. the experience to be extraordinary not rushed if Mm -hmm. they were in a rush we would accommodate Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing the flip side is i would never say no to anyone so if my book was full up, it's a Friday or a Saturday, and we're full from eight in the morning to six at night, it didn't matter. We're going to find a way to take care of people. We just never said no to folks. Mm-hmm. But you know, the way I understand lean is, is lean is basically the elimination of waste. Mm-hmm. So whether that's wasted time, wasted material, wasted product, wasted resources, anything that can help eliminate actually improves profitability and margin. So I, I, I get the concept, but it's a balancing act, in my opinion between, you know, how much lean do you want to be versus how much loving do you want to be Mm -hmm. with your clients? Because Mm -hmm. as you know, the more you love them, the more they come back.
3: So also for us, Lou, we're answering an age-old problem. The hair care industry for my market hasn't evolved since the 50s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Women are still making appointments uh, two or three weeks out coming on a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock mm-hmm. and not getting out till 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. That was okay when we were the help, right? But we're not the help anymore. We have mm-hmm. to, we have meetings we have to go to. Kids have to go to soccer. We don't have the time to sit in a salon from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. What we do, the balancing act we do between lean and loving, and I love that analogy, is we are very, you don't feel, like you're being rushed out. So how do we do that? That's all in our customer service, right? That's all in our training. That's all in the conversation we have with you. You look up. It's even in the design in the salon, right? The salon is beautiful for a reason. Um, and so you look up and you've been there for an hour and 15 minutes and you appreciate it. Our guest come back to us because we respect their time and their dollar. We also don't do certain services. We don't cut or color. We don't do appointment-based services because we're walk-in only. Um, and our guests come back because we're walk-in only. They know that if somebody calls them at 4.30 and say, hey, guys, we're getting together to go meet for drinks at 6 o'clock and they want to go get their hair done, they know that they can come to Paraleboid Boyd after work and be where they need to be by 6, 6.30. Um, And so our customer service on the back end, um, the country club feel that 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 person you can come talk to, um, they'd still do it. But we on the back end will follow up a call with you if we hear that something's going on in your family or you have an interview that you're really looking forward to. It's not unlike us to give you a call and say, hey, how did that interview go? So you're right. It is a it's a it's a balancing act that I feel that Pearlie Boyd has managed through. Being very deliberate about our customer service, not only when you're in the salon, but after the salon. Our retention marketing, the emails that we send out. We don't bog you down with emails, but if we haven't seen you in a while, you'll probably get one from us or a call. Um, how we even take care of the family members of a customer who may have passed away? We've gone to funeral homes and done hair. Um, we've done the hair for all the women in the immediate family. So I think we balance that, you know, lean versus loving by having a, a very deliberate space and having very strategic customer service.
2: Well, you know, back in um, back in a uh, long time ago, uh, probably like I said, twenty five thirty years ago, when I was a hair care distributor, there was an estimate that there were approximately quarter of a million hair salons in the united states and mm-hmm. north america and you know the the average price of a hair care service really had not gone up that much or in many 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 years it was a it was a it was more of a commodity than a value added mm-hmm. so anything you can do to make it into a value added and i had out of my five salons that i own two were relatively high end and we're going back once again, 25 years ago, where where female's haircuts started at $40 and up, oh, wow. and the other three were much lower end at $15 and up. And, you know, I always treasured the ones that I knew wanted that special service. But I think you're, you're dead on, on accurate. You know, pr- today's professional working women, they don't have four hours to spend, mm-hmm. no matter what. My two older daughters are... are Both career ladies have great jobs, and when they need to go, they need to go, but they need to be done, but they still want to be loved. Mm -hmm. You know, it becomes this... Fine line. So you almost have to teach your people. Mm -hmm. You know, the staff can't see that we're operating under this premise. Meaning, our clients can't see that we're operating under. The client needs to believe that they're loved, they're critical, they're important Mm -hmm. because they are. Without them, we can't pay the bills, and the lights are going to get turned off. Mm -hmm. But we want them to keep coming back. And there was some old statistic many years ago that we used to have that said if you can get them in three times in nine months, then you own them for years. So whatever steps you take to get them to keep coming back to you the positive steps.
1: My guests are Lou Mosca and Dana White. You can uh, follow Dana on Twitter at Paralee Boyd. Her pinned tweet uh, is a Forbes video that explains her business model. If you have a question for Lou or Dana, give us a call at 1-844-WARDEN, 1-844-942-7866. Dana, do you... Do you think your customers have any sense that they're in a hair salon that is operating under lean manufacturing principles? What, is, what does that mean translate into for them?
3: So when they, they read our press, the response is, oh, right? They see beauty. I see zones, right? Um, and so all they appreciate is the price point and the time. They appreciate the email if we haven't seen them in a while. They appreciate the call. Um, the customer service is huge. They like the fact that we're data-driven. Right. So, I'm going to bet
2: you in the greater Detroit area, Dana, yes. there's probably 1,000 salons, 2,000 salons. It's very, very, right. very. Right, it's dense, yep. right? And I'm going to bet... That if you, however you market yourself to make yourself different than the others, mm-hmm. and you share that with your customer base, your client base, they'll probably love you even more for that. Mm-hmm.
3: I think what makes us stand out is the walk-in only. That's why mm-hmm. they come. Um, last year, in 2017, we saw close to 7,000 women, of which 1,100 were new so the the number is there, and that's without marketing. As we'll talk later, how marketing is a huge. Well, let's challenge. talk now. Oh, Let's talk now. Okay.
1: <laughs> you uh, you opened your first shop in Brookfield uh, two years ago. Southfield. Southfield. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. But you know Southfield? where half of
3: where I'm going and half where I am. I caught it. <laughs>
1: Thank you. That was you very reckon. kind of you. Yeah. <laughs> when did you open? Uh, South in Hill Southfield. Did,
3: yep. In uh, November 2012.
1: And you just opened in
3: Midtown Detroit. D- yep. Right in the heart in of Midtown. In December. In December 2017. Yep.
1: So now you have two shops. Yeah. And how's the marketing going?
3: It's not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> tell us about that.
3: So I built it and didn't tell anybody.
1: That's Why did you do that, data
3: Because I was so caught up in the building of it, and the opening of it, and the staffing of it, and making sure we had the right product. I was trying to also redo things that you know we needed to update from Southfield, and having two locations, we can't do the same thing. It's not efficient. So I got caught up in the internal of the salon, and then you know I thought that if I just you know sent out an email blast to six thousand people, then they'll tell people, and they'll tell people. Um, And that's funny is that we've had guests in our salon who come in and say, oh, I love this place. They come every week, but I'm not telling anybody. And you say, (laughs) then your service is now (laughs) $472.39. And so they said, well, why? And I said, because we, you know, they they don't want, they think it's the best kept secret. And they said, you know, as soon as we find out or other people find out, then I won't be able to get this. And we say, no, that's what lean manufacturing is. You're not going to feel it. On our busy days, we still get ladies in and out. They don't feel it. So the problem is we just haven't, I haven't told. So right now we're looking for people who can do our marketing. And what's key about us is that Paraly Boyd is a paradigm shift. It's not just another salon. Lean manufacturing principles, walk-in only, being open seven days a week, is not.
1: But the you're not going to market it as come to a shop that uses it's lean. Mean, manufacturing not at all. Principles. No. What, our, how are you going to market it?
3: You know, it's it's a day in the life. You know, it's it's an answer to the problem. We we know that this problem exists. We know that there are ladies who have an appointment in two weeks and need something right now, right? And they can't get their hair done. And then when they do go, they're paying that stylist that they made the appointment with upwards of seventy or eighty dollars, and they're there for two, three, or four hours because she maybe have double booked. So for us, the marketing is showing mothers, women. Um, some men who have a certain length of hair, they come to us too, you know, solving the problem of not having an appointment or having an appointment.
1: Lou, I know when you uh, owned your hair salons, there was uh, th- there was no Facebook or, or Instagram or, or printing presses. But um, do you have any advice for uh, for Dana on uh, getting the word out?
2: Maybe, maybe. So first of all, Dana, what is – as the owner, wh- what is your –
3: Functional role in this business. So I'm CEO. So my functional role is I have managers. So there, I'm pretty much doing, you know, some some publicity. Um, Right now, my my primary role is numbers. Uh, So I sit down with my finance manager, who's amazing, um, and we sit down and do our weekly projections. Um, Right now, my other big part is standardization. So we're watching. Um, and, and updating our, our standard operating procedures um, for every facet, for the administrative facet of the job and for the actual operations, you know, with our operators. We're doing that. So that's a that takes up a lot of my time.
2: All right, let me ask you another question, and Please. if you don't want to answer it, it's okay. Now I'm so, an open book. So Go ahead. What, what's your average ticket?
3: My average ticket is $52. 52
2: times 7000 So you did last year 364000 without selling retail products.
3: Yes. All park. Yep.
2: Okay. And retail makes up what percentage of your business? Zero. Zero. By design?
3: Yep. Well, okay. it well, until we, you know, there's a couple retailers that I'm thinking about going with, but again, my market doesn't buy shampoo and conditioner. They come to us, and but they want you. more styling stuff. Yeah.
2: I hear you.
1: But, but can, I, Luke, can I interrupt for a second? Uh, Danny, you've referred to your market a couple mm-hmm. of times. How mm-hmm. do you define your market?
3: Thick and curly hair. Yep. Women with thick and curly hair come to Mm -hmm. us. Redheads, long, long, thick and curly black hair, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, African-American women, Mm -hmm. they all come.
2: Okay. So if you choose to hook up with a distributor to sell retail Mm -hmm. products, make sure that they fit your market, fit your client base, and make sure your distributor does more for you than you do for him. Okay. Okay. All right, so I was a distributor and I was a salon owner. Yes. So make sure they can put product in, give you 30, 60 days, put it on consignment, Mm -hmm. you know, test things. They can come in and do trainings for you. They can actually come in and do Saturday selling for you. Okay. So make, make sure. Now, I haven't been in that part of the business for 30 years. Okay. So, but I'm telling you, don't be shy to ask. Okay. And demand from them. That's okay. the first thing. The second thing is I, I, please don't put on your boxing gloves when I ask you this next question.
0: No, no, no. I'm they're off. Okay.
2: My wraps are on, but my boxing gloves are on. Well I'm I'm gonna back up now okay. just in case I wanna make sure you miss. Okay. Sounds like you have a lot of overhead for a salon doing about four hundred grand a year. Okay. Do you need to have all do you have a – you have what did you call him? A chief financial guy or a financial director or so my something? finance
3: manager he's amazing. Um, and yes, yes, that, that has to happen. Do
2: you not are have an accounting background. Not at all. Okay.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm good with the, you know, I don't mind. I can get on QuickBooks and I can look at my balance sheet and my P and L, but the vision of pearly Boyd is to expand into a national brand. Sure. And so to understand where we're going, we really need a hold of where we've been on the numbers. And I didn't well, have you need that financial
2: controls from hello.
3: You need say that again.
2: You need financial controls from hello if you yes. plan to go national. Yep. Because there can't be anything you can't answer. Exactly. No one will talk to you the minute you go, what? What?
3: Yeah, exactly. That's
2: what will happen. Think yep. about Shark Tank when yep. they, there and they go Mickey the Dunce on them, you know? So you can't do that. Yes. Um, other question for you is that so if, if and when you start to do your marketing, for this new store. I will tell you sincerely if it were me, I'm a firm believer if everybody's going right, you need to go left. I mm-hmm. think it's the coolest thing in the world that you follow lean principles. Okay. All right. Now, you know, it's not lean like we're on a job shop or in a manufacturing environment, mm-hmm. but it's the lean to the benefit of the client.
4: Okay.
2: All right. And why would you not tell people that so, especially, especially if a significant portion of your client base are professionals?
4: Yes.
3: So let me say this. You are spot on. I think when we say lean manufacturing in the lifestyle category, believe it or not, a lot of people don't know what that is. But we have translated that different in the the verbiage of commitment. Mm -hmm. We are so committed to getting you in and out in a certain amount of time that this is what
2: we do. But it's our commitment to you. We're not mm-hmm. asking you to commit anything to us other than to try it.
3: Exactly. That's it. Our commitment mm-hmm. to our customers mm-hmm. is, and, in our, and even the message, our, you know, our, our part of our mission, our core values, service, 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 customer, customer, customer. When mm-hmm. you walk into, as Lauren has, you walk into Pearly Board, our customers are photographed beautifully on our wall. Mm-hmm. Like our, so it's there. So when we do do our messaging, you know, I don't want to say, "Hey, we have these key performance indicators that fuel our lean manufacturing <gasps> for Or even, d- <laughs> I, go,
1: what? I, I hate to challenge Lou, no, but even just the word manufacturing, it seems to me, is is sending the wrong signal.
3: In Detroit, it sends the wrong signal. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit, it sends the wrong message, But
1: anywhere, it's, it's, yeah. it suggests uh, commodity. It suggests, mm-hmm. um, you know... But move- you don't have to use the word
2: manufacturing. This yeah. is right. You can talk about lean processes. You can talk about, you, you know, basically what you're doing is you're merchandising or marketing yourself so different than everybody else, mm-hmm. which is exactly where to be. And you might want to appeal to HR departments in large corporations around you, mm-hmm. and and because you're really to the benefit of a lot of executives. Mm-hmm. So. I just think you have a, I think it's a cool story, mm-hmm. and before you can go national you 're going to have to get three, four or five of them yep. up and running successfully mm-hmm. profitably, and on the right growth curve yep well let's
1: that. talk more about that after a break uh, I especially uh, I want both of you guys to think a little bit about you know what what should the next marketing step be, and then we 'll also talk about uh, what the mi- next location uh, might be uh, but let's uh, let's take a break now. Uh, those of you listening, if you have a question, our number is eight four four Wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Call us with a question about your business or a question for Dana or for Lou. Uh, our producer Michelle is standing by. You can call right now. We'll have more with Lou and Dana. You're listening to Mind Your Business. I'm Lauren Feldman, and this is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM one thirty two. Welcome back to Mind Your Business. I'm Lauren Feldman. Dana White of Paralee Boyd and Lou Mosca of American Management Services are still here. Uh, we're talking hair salons and lean manufacturing and marketing and expansion. Um, on Twitter, you can find Lou at Mosca Small Biz. If you have a question or a comment about your business, uh, about lean manufacturing, about any of this, give us a call. Our number is 1-844-WARTON, one 1-844- 844 9427866. So uh let's let's go back to uh the marketing issue. You uh you let it go a little bit longer than perhaps you should have, yeah. but uh, but now you've got the shop up and running the way you want it to be and uh I'm curious what what do you th- what are you thinking? What is your first step?
3: I think our first step is one finding a marketing team that Really understands the problem, and I found that with anybody, even with contractors, when you understand what's the problem. Well, not the problem that we're having, but just the problem that Paralee Boyd is solving for. Okay. When they understand what we're doing, who we are, and why we're doing it, it really adds a, a another layer of of compatibility as far as their work. Like they come to us and they say, "Okay, now that we get." The why of how we're doing this, then then they do it. They do it a little bit better. So the marketing piece is important in that. So how
1: are you going about the process of finding the right marketing team?
3: Recommendations. Um, You know, it's a very nice and tight uh, entrepreneurial community in Detroit. So it's a matter of just putting it out there and saying, "Hey, I'm looking for this person um, or this team." Um, I've got three on deck, and I normally start with about three. Have the meetings and see. You know, if they've done their homework, do they know who we are? We, you know, a lot of people we've met with try to put us in the box of a salon, right? And so when you're meeting with me and you're talking about appointments, yeah no, you're not the <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna market your appointments. No, that's not what we do. So um, once we get those decided and the price is right, then we'll go forward from there.
1: Lou, do you have any thoughts on the the, the right process for hiring uh, a marketing team? Do
2: I ever not have any thoughts on? <laughs> not yet. Okay, so first of all. When you opened Southfield, Mm -hmm. did you have a marketing company do that for you? No. Okay, you did it. Yes. Okay. So you've already created the mold one time. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I'd ask you to think about. Mm -hmm. Second thing is that your employees, Mm -hmm. are they your employees or are they booth renters? They're my employees. They're your employees. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would sort of look at this from the ground up because I'd like to see you do it without shelling out money. Yes. That's just that's the way I sort of look at things, and give that a shot first. So you okay. open the second store here in December, mm-hmm. okay? And traffic right now in the month of June. How many visitors did you have?
3: Uh, it's on my phone, but it's slow. When this is a slow period for us anyway, of June. Summer yeah. always June, the of August, yep, right? to the end of August. Yep, to the end of August.
2: Right. I used to live in that world. Okay. Yes. So. But let's say you had 150 people in June. Let's say you had 250 okay. people in June. Okay. First thing I would look at is how many people do I need on a monthly basis to mm-hmm. break even? Yep,
3: we have that number.
2: First thing I would do to myself, and then I'd say, okay, what do I d- got to do to get them in? So if your staff or your employees, and I presume you're paying them an hourly plus commission or maybe just commission, I don't know how you're paying them, mm-hmm. they, they got to want to be busy. Mm-hmm. So they have to help in the marketing aspect of this. Okay. How, can, how can they do that? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe with your background and what you accomplished in Southfield, you can make up some, I don't like this word, so please indulge me, mm-hmm. some brochures or some flyers or some announcements or something, mm-hmm. and they can go business to business to business business and anybody that comes in from those businesses and brings those back with their name on it they get credit for it Mm -hmm. and they get the commission on it that's Mm -hmm. one thing second thing is as i said to you a minute ago let the distributors help you okay pick a distributor Mm -hmm. tell them you want to launch their product in your salon Mm -hmm. and you want them to come in and do a friday saturday sunday promotion on whatever product you like to use Mm-hmm. whatever it is mm-hmm. and then you want them to help you promote it in in online mm-hmm. uh, for two weeks in advance and every day leading up to those three days and okay. the promotion is going to be some insane number that they're going to give you this huge discount on and you only pay for what you sell right so it brings hopefully brings new traffic in mm-hmm. another thing i would think of is did you do a ribbon cutting we did okay would you get anybody from city hall uh no so you did the ribbon cutting no. Did you have a local politician, someone that could bring press? Because you want the press.
3: So we were in Cranes, but no, we did not have anybody on site that day. Ooh, Lou, we could talk.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. oh, I'm afraid of you. You're a bot. Oh, okay, no, no, no.
3: So, Ooh, that opening. We could talk,
2: Lou. Okay, so think about this. Yes. Cranes is a great newspaper for the four people a month that read it.
3: I understand
2: you need the man we need Ooh, blue.
3: no no, no, he's I right don't, I don't we mean need, that he doesn't, great, but we need buds and it's called buds and seats media
2: yeah you need yeah Need you need you need but, shotgun approach, I mean to a large yeah. degree, that's what you need, mm-hmm. then I'm going to tell you radio stations might give you some free time okay if they believe you're adding employees to the community okay. Same way, and then then I. Would wait, do wait, all wait!
1: The- we're, we're, we're talking print. We're talking radio. Uh, we're talking. Have you guys heard no of this money. thing, social media? So that's yeah. Not, well, yeah. Uh, that was my. He's worst on. Thing, he's Lauren. on his
2: next. He's on his next. <laughs> that was that was next. All right. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, coupons. Without <laughs> a doubt, I would do them. Mm-hmm.
1: But have you had any uh, success with social media thus far? A little bit. A little
3: bit. What, Google what, what, has been great for us without even trying. Pay per click. Uh, not really. We tried it. Google ads. Uh, Google Ads, no, we've had we've had people have found us on Google. So mm-hmm. right now, that's what we're doing. I met with a young lady mm-hmm. last week, and and we're gonna up our Facebook and Instagram, um, our our Facebook and Instagram presence. Um uh,
1: so uh, how Lou, how, Lou, is how Lou, far southfield? Lou, south from Lou let me stop you for a
2: second. We mm-hmm. we have
1: a caller. Let's let's, uh, let's take a call. Karen in New York, welcome to Mind Your Business.
2: You're scared, or okay. Lauren?
1: <laughs> she, no here she, i I'm here. Oh.
4: thank you very much Hi,
2: karen. hey karen
1: <laughs> what's on your mind so
0: i was listening to the discussion just turned it on love this subject passionate about this subject spent uh some time trying to implement it in a large uh, pharma corporation
1: would you say and the subject you're referring oh, to is lean manufacturing lean.
0: yes lean and i heard you discussing what uh, what does lean mean and uh I think a really easy way to explain it to anybody is it's just about taking out non-value-added mm-hmm. steps or processes. You don't you don't want to do anything that the customer isn't willing to pay for? Mm-hmm. And and um, it's not about eliminating people or positions mm-hmm. because there's always so much work to be done. Yes, but it's about. Um, empowering the people and giving them value value added work, mm-hmm. and making it uh, just a, a better culture all the way around. There's various tools that you can teach people, very simple ones, um, all from the Lean Manufacturing uh, uh, textbook, around just how you organize your workspaces. Mm-hmm.
1: Karen, have you, you have you inventory. seen it done? Karen, have you seen it done in a non traditional manufacturing setting?
0: Well, I I, um, I saw I, I saw a lot of progress in a in a and marketing um, organization, which is where I was. Uh, I spent a year or so trying to implement it fully and get everyone on board with the culture. But we did implement a lot of the tools, and we did see some progress. Yes, because mm-hmm. it's amazing what people don't realize is happening when they're making decisions in the old process. So it's really a way to look at what these processes are, and because things always change. Those need to be looked at continuously.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Karen, thank you very much for your phone call. appreciate it. If you have a question or a comment, please call us, 1-844-WARDEN, 1-844-942-7866. Uh, Lou, I'm sorry I interrupted you before. I think you were uh, talking about social media.
2: Well, here's here's the thing I wanted to say is that I'm I'm always okay with surrounding myself with the best professional help I can find, provided a significant portion of how they get paid is based on results. Because mm-hmm. what I find with digital marketing companies, social media companies, everybody that promises you the world, mm-hmm. their answer is always to throw more money at it. Mm-hmm. That's always the answer. Mm-hmm. All right, And that doesn't work for me. I'm happy to spend the money. But I, wanted, I want to do it based on results. So, whoever you surround yourself with from a marketing perspective, you're going to have to pay them something. Mm-hmm. But tie 50, 60, 70% of their compensation to performance. Mm-hmm. Determine what you want your clicks to be, your mm-hmm. follow throughs to be, your, your walk, however you want to measure that, do that. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is that to do this, to try to spend as little money as possible for the bang for the buck, I started to ask you how far Southfield was from, from Detroit
3: 15 miles
2: okay so you don't want to bastardize your client base right mm-hmm. so you got to be careful with that so you got to be careful where you're marketing yourself to but you want to do as much of this with your existing staff put them into task force put them into meetings so that they're they're working with you the busier put they them are, on
1: instagram for, right.
2: yeah every, everything okay. everything the busier they are helping build the more invested they are in the build okay
1: great great the, you, just to amplify what you said, Lou. My, my experience with marketing and public relations is that there's nothing more important than authenticity, and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to outsource authenticity. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if it's coming straight from you, Dana, it it it's authentic by definition, mm-hmm. and and I think that can make uh, a huge difference. I think my guess is if we had a digital marketing person sitting here right now, and and if there's one out there, please give us a call. Uh, I suspect they would be thinking Instagram influencers, that you need to get your into the salon. customers. Yeah, we've talked about it, yes. uh, have, have you tried anything to, to get people to? We know, have
3: a list. We have a list, and, and we have an idea of like doing a press kit, uh, media kit, You know, and getting them into the salon, of course, for free. Well, do you yeah. look
1: to see if if your customers are posting their uh you know, hair a cut lot of our or, or their hair uh, treatment uh, on yeah on Instagram, on Instagram or, or Facebook. Or, a yeah. lot
3: of customers aren't, um, but their daughters are. You know, so they they come and they'll the daughters will get their hair done and they'll Snapchat it or Facebook it or it, mainly not really Facebook they Snapchat. Um, or in some people, we're not we're getting text a little bit, tagged a little bit in, in Instagram because um, you know when you
1: see that mm-hmm. you can boost that mm-hmm. you can add pay. 20 bucks and right. let
3: everybody see it so right now it's just a matter of putting the campaign together and saying okay what are we going to boost how often are we going to post um you know we want instagram to be our new gallery um we want facebook to be our you know what's happening now hey look at how pearly is growing here's the work we do okay um, so i have a
2: question yes is southfield profitable last year yes okay did you pay yourself a salary yes okay don't ever work for free that's number one okay. number two
1: number two what are you done, doing right now lou
2: you know better than that lauren <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually doing four things while i'm talking to you. okay <laughs> and i've got a videographer in front of me to prove it all right so, Ooh. all right so i mean um uh, but you built a model already mm-hmm. and you built a model that works I don't understand why we need to reinvent the wheel if you built one model that works. And the story is you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, lean is great, fantastic. In and out quick is great, fantastic. We specialize in, fantastic. We're not a regular hair salon. We're not super cuts. We're not great clips. Mm -hmm. We're not Johnny down the block. I Mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. But the story is you. Mm -hmm. There's got to be this connection to you. And you've built a model that works. So okay. maybe the demographics in downtown Detroit are not the same as Southfield. Right. Um, uh-huh. but you built a model that works. Don't don't try to reinvent something you don't need to do. Okay. But I want you to try and do it with as little money out of pocket as possible Agreed. and you need to be the face of everything.
1: Okay. Let's talk about uh you you've got you've told us you have uh, ambitions of expanding nationally. I do. What's the what's the next step?
3: So Detroit is great. I think Detroit is an amazing place to start a business, and we've got our two locations there. But the population density isn't where I'd like it to be in order to put another location there. So my next move will probably be to Brooklyn, New York.
2: Yeah, you need urban places. I need it.
1: Cities. <laughs> <laughs> need she, she's saying that because she wants to live there. I, I want to go
2: back home. I understand <laughs> that, but based on the clientele that you're talking about, yes. you, you, you need Brooklyn, you need New York City, you mm-hmm. need
1: Philadelphia, yeah.
2: Philadelphia. You need Chicago, urban Chicago, yeah. Market, right, you, where there's enough density that you can get 5,000 people a year through the
1: door. I agree. So what's keeping you from doing it tomorrow?
3: Investor at this point. An investor. So, um, you know, I sat down and, again, Lou, I talked to my finance manager last night, Paul, he's amazing. And, you know, he said, listen, in the next step for those three to five stores is an investor um, because you can take out a loan, but a loan, they, you know, they loan to the coffee shop, right? They, you know, you're the revolutionary business. Um, and there might be some explanations on quarters that they may be uncomfortable with um, because you are a paradigm shift. You are doing something very different. Um, so you're not the next hair salon. You're not the next coffee shop. You've applied a, a principle that's not being used in this industry and in a way that's not being done. So an angel investor, I know there was a young lady on this show a couple of weeks ago that, you know, she had the right type of investor who understood the long game. Um, not necessarily the long game, twenty years, but not as short as if you know you give me ten million and then I you know g- have an amazing app that takes off. So for me, I, oh please, tell you
2: something you're not gonna like.
3: <laughs> okay, this is he keeps prefacing like, Dana, don't beat me, Dana, you're gonna hate this. <laughs> go ahead, Lou, I'm I'm, I'm bearing down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're you're it's premature. Yeah, I believe to go think someone's gonna give you. I don't know what it costs to open a salon nowadays, 100 grand, 150 grand. Mm-hmm. So, someone's, you know, for you to go open five shops, it's going to cost you three quarters of a million. And mm-hmm. with overruns, you're going to need a million bucks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens is when you take your money from an angel investor, private equity, anybody like that, they own you more than you own them. Because mm-hmm. there needs to be a timeline for them to get their money back. Exactly. There needs to be. Plus, you you, you haven't built enough successes yet. Okay. So when if you had. Three up and running, mm-hmm. with one being open every other year, and you're starting to chart this course that you can have. I forgot your gentleman's name, the financial guy. Put on a spreadsheet, you mm-hmm. can show this evolution. Here was my investment. Mm-hmm. Here was my revenue growth. Here was mm-hmm. my traffic. Here was my profitability. Here's mm-hmm. my free cash flow. Now you got a story.
3: Yep, and that's yeah. what we're working towards. That's yeah, we agree.
1: So it's the not. That's to come out of sweat equity.
3: Exactly. So it's not tomorrow. But, I mean, as far as operations, but, yeah.
1: Here's but, our. But book. Lou, let, me, let me interrupt. Oh, do, doing all of that. Uh, are you still talking about taking on an investor, or do you think there's a way – do you think that Dana should be working toward trying to finance her growth out of her own profits?
2: Depends. To me, I don't believe in outside investors, mm. ever. I, I, don't, I don't believe in outside investors. I don't, believe in, um, um, I don't believe in giving up a share of what I broke my back to build. Okay. All right. So if someone gives you money and you have to give up a third and then maybe 10 years down the road, you can sell the whole thing for 30 million dollars. You just gave away 10 million bucks. I'd rather find a way to beg, borrow and steal mm-hmm. from any bank. But that's going to come with a story. you got to come with a story mm-hmm. and proven success. But I would not give up my equity.
1: Let me ask you this, Lou. Um, Dana has worked really hard, obviously, to create a. A guidebook by which her uh, salons are run. It sounds like the 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 perfect preparation to choose a franchising model. What do you think
2: of it? It is, but it's only a start. There's only one successful store. So, but but what do you
1: think of franchising? Do you think that is an option that Dana should consider?
2: I don't love it. Um, I've never loved it. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There are scabillion successful franchisees in the continental United States. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a huge fan of it, but, but you know, I'd rather you franchise. I'd rather you scrape, borrow, and steal than give up equity on something you think you can create greatness out of. Okay.
3: Wow. Thank you, Lou. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm still afraid of you, by the way. I
3: mean, it's okay. No <laughs> Tell what, me. I am no the, the sweetest person.
2: I am the sweetest
1: person ever. We'll have to get you guys together. You won't be afraid, Lou. Uh, Dana, what do you think about franchising? Have you thought about it?
3: I have thought about it. I've thought about it in the context of, you know, when I first thought about it, I didn't want to franchise like Subway. You know, I said, if I franchise, I wanted to franchise like Five Guys. No matter which one you go into, it's the same, right? You can't always say that for all franchises. Um, And then I said, man, you know, Paralee is, that's my grandmother's name on that. You know, how do I guarantee you know, that when you walk into one Paralee boy that you are going to get the same level of service, you know, that the people are going to be trained to care the way we care. So I thought, well, maybe if I franchise like, you know, my my staff, give it to my staff and they work with us for so long. And then we are able to create ownership because you have to understand that. What was that word? Uh, what did I give say? it to my staff? Well, you, well, franchise it to uh- my staff. Right. Okay. So, you know, because, and the reason why that's important to me is because the young ladies who work with me, they you're not talking about women who worked at Goldman Sachs for 50 years or 10 years, whatever. And, you know, there's, you know, they've graduated high school. They've chosen cosmetology as a career. Um, and aside from them, eventually open their own salon, which there is a huge density of salons in Detroit. I wanted to create ownership in a corporation for them. So that's an idea. Ideally, no, it wouldn't be a franchise. Ideally, we'd run it like they run Starbucks. When I, before I opened, I spent time in Denver with, Uh, a a regional uh, I think it was a regional vice president at the time of Starbucks and they took me around to several locations this is how we run them this is how we measure our KPIs this is what we do for our operating procedures here's our books so that's that's ideal it would be a corporation um, that would be ran um, ideally but if I did want a franchise it would be with my staff in mind and I have an amazing staff by the way I have to say that you only
2: have an amazing staff if you're an amazing owner Oh, that's okay. e- e- people. People don't do amazing for people that they don't care about. Oh, so I'm telling you the stories, you. Okay. And you need to get, be very, very comfortable putting yourself out there. And and I'm going to tell you, um, if you're strong enough to get people to want to do for you and do free marketing, free advertising, free promotion, mm-hmm. because if it works out, they win in the long run with you.
1: Okay. We're going to try to squeeze in a phone call real quick. We've got Marquita in Missouri. Uh, Marquita, real quick, what's your question? Thank you for calling.
4: Hello, hello. Thank you. I was just listening to the conversation, and I could hear Dana's passion for um, the brand loyalty and then Lou, um, you know, his comment about the franchising. I think that affiliate agreement could potentially be something that would allow Dana to work with her. I'm sorry, what what kind of agreement? Affiliate. affiliate Oh, I see. It's not like it's it's a a franchise, but it has... It's not as complicated as you will from that standpoint, but it allows you to identify people that have the passionate skill set. Um, there's various ways you can do it where you have someone that they may be that already existing and you can bring them into your um, under your wing, if you so to speak, and show them the way that you do it, your brand. Mm. And so that's something that she may be able to utilize to get you know, back to Brooklyn. But I have certainly heard her passion come through. Yeah, well, you're uh, right her, about that. The way that they do it. <laughs>
1: Marquita, so. thank you so much for calling. Thank you,
4: Marquita. you. do you have You're any experience
1: welcome. with affiliate agreements?
2: I don't, and mm-hmm. uh, my position is you should keep the whole darn thing yourself and have the right managers, and everything will be fine.
1: Less thought, Dana? I have an
3: amazing manager. Hey, Matari. I <laughs> <laughs> love you, boo. She's outstanding. No. And you're right. I have to be more comfortable putting myself out there. That's, that's always. I'm, I'd rather be in the backyard shooting, shooting free throws. I don't need to be on the, the podium. <laughs> I thought you were a boxer. Right. <laughs>
2: uh, Dana, if I can help in any way, you you, you just contact me. I oh,
1: I'd love you. to. Thank you, Lou. Anytime. Lou Mosca, thank you so much for joining us, as always. Oh, my privilege. You can follow Lou on Twitter, at SmallBiz. Dana White, thank you so much thank for joining you, us Lauren. here in the studio. We really appreciate it. Yes. This has been great. Uh, you can follow Dana at Paralee Boyd on Twitter. Uh, thanks to my engineer, uh, audio engineer, uh, Danielle Bruno, and producer Michelle Stucker. Uh, this has been Mind Your Business on Sirius XM. One thirty two. I'm Lauren Feldman. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.